0: Everybody, when you hear that music, I am in the Toddlin Town, Chicago, Chicago. That Toddlin Town is my hometown, and we are coming to you with podcast number 43, featuring yes, a player from the 1963 White Sox, a friend of mine who I met, thanks to Dave Nelson, in St. Croix at a golf tournament. Was there two years with Gary Peters and uh Number 43, my favorite number 43. There are other number 43s, Dennis Eckersley and Wes Covington and Raul Mondesi. Yeah, Raul Mondesi, the father of the Kansas City Royals, shortstop, and uh, he's supposed to be good. So there are other 43s, but we don't care much about them. Uh, One more podcast after this in the 2019 Series of On the Lighter Side of Baseball, and that'll be podcast number 44. And we'll only be talking about one player, Henry Aaron. We'll give you a little background on Henry when he was coming up through uh, Mobile, Alabama, and his life as he progressed through the Negro Leagues and into the major leagues as probably the most prolific home run hitter ever. Not Barry Bonds, not Mark McGuire, but Henry Aaron, class guy, still alive. Uh, In fact, he was at the World Series, and they did a little Henry Aaron award, and they really did a bad job of publicizing Henry, but that's the way it goes. Anyway, we won't dwell on that. We're going to dwell on the good things, and what better things to talk about than money as we get near Christmas, and money's flowing in Major League Baseball. Holy cow. Number one, somebody, as we said before, bought the Kansas City Royals for a billion dollars. Give me a friggin' break, a billion, that's B as in Bravo, I-L-L-I-O-N, a billion bucks for a team that he called Small Market. I submit to you, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, actually you're not ladies and gentlemen of the jury, you're part of my growing listening audience on Not only Spotify, SoundCloud, but Apple Podcasts, Uh, and the audience is growing by leaps and bounds. But let me tell you what, the money is flowing, and the billion-dollar guy tries to call Kansas City a small market. Forget the small market. You know, Pittsburgh, Tampa, these other teams that have small market claims, forget it, man. There ought to be a rule where you spend 10% of the value of your team on payroll, and that's only a measly, whatever that comes out to. Should, the payrolls ought to be $150 million maximum. Uh, uh, that should be the low point, and it's not, never will be. And we talked a little bit earlier about all this stuff and greed and ego, but um, you know, the uh, owners are starting the negotiations for the new uh, agreement with the union by throwing all sorts of money away. So let's look at the best positions to have in baseball. If you were starting out, what would your dream job be? Well, Here's what it should be. Number one, a manager. Joe Madden gets five million a year for basically doing whatever he does. And Garrett Cole gets a million dollars every time he gets penciled into the starting lineup. And that's not all his salary, but pretty close. You figure thirty starts a year, thirty million, he gets a little more than that. Boom, maybe some of it's deferred, but what a what a pain. Every time you go to the mailbox, your check is $2 million every two weeks for six months. That's a tough deal. So, you got that, and you have, you know, Madison Bumgarner, poor Maddie, signs for $85 million and that was a bargain. The, the amounts of money being paid are ridiculous, and so uh, these owners in Milwaukee and Kansas City and uh, Tampa who crawl who claim that they're small markets. Give me a break. But the best job isn't pitching, isn't managing, isn't being a DH. The best job in baseball clearly is being a sports agent and, more particular, Scott Boris. This guy never has to face a fastball. He doesn't have to worry about throwing his arm out. doesn't have to worry about hamstrings, quads, or any other pectoral issues. All he has to do is show up and get his 5%. Which brings me to how stupid are these players. They do not need Scott Boris. They do not need anybody. I mean, they're, they're... Now, they all have agents, but, you know, back in the day when agents would try to find jobs for flailing movie stars, they did something. They actually worked, to try to find employment for... And I think agents still do for comedians, and probably broadcasters, and probably podcasters. I don't have an agent. But these guys don't need an agent. And 5% of you know their salary would go into their bank account, not into the agent. So it's kind of, these agents don't do diddly. I mean, they really don't. Now, would Strasburg have gotten the kind of contract he got without Scott Boris? I say yes, others may say no goes to how you perceive unions, and speaking of unions, the Players Association and the owners are going to come to blows I'm sure at some point, but you know, how can Arenado, Scherzer, uh, Verlander, all these guys complain now. Um, The money's flowing. It's flowing big time. And whereas last year it didn't flow, look at who you had, Machado and Harper. And uh, the trick was not getting either of those guys. So, However, Philadelphia is looking good. They got to go along with Bryce Harper and Arietta and the rest of their team. They're starting to sign some some ballplayers, and they've got Jardy as their manager, uh, which puts me in the position of thinking that Philadelphia is the leader in uh, the National League East going into the new year. Uh, followed by the Braves, and uh, then we'll talk about next week. We'll talk about who I think has a shot at uh, holding their own for next year. So you've got the Royals franchise going for a billion dollars. You've got all these $100 million worth of contracts for Boris. There's $50 million in his pocket. Uh, you've got the cheating scandal, and you've got Major League Baseball trying to wipe out some of the minor leagues. And it all goes down to Greed. So, what do we want to talk about? We can talk about the uh, stealing signs, and the Houston Astros are like the Patriots. They are in the center of every frigging controversy when it comes to cheating. Uh, They've spent three years cheating, stealing signs. Before that, remember, they illegally hacked into the Cardinals database. And uh, at any rate... Uh, They're like the Patriots. So um, I've got a solution to sign stealing. You know how in the NFL the head coach talks to the quarterback up until 15 seconds on the play clock. I think you would eliminate stealing signs if you had a coach in the press box hooked up to the pitcher and the catcher. And uh, maybe even everybody on the team so the infield knows what's coming. And the guy in the press box calls a slider down, curveball up, fastball in, four-seamer, two-seamer, changeup. And uh, he just talks into the ear of the pitcher and the catcher, and he calls the place. I think it's a great idea. Then you can eliminate the cheating that goes on with the Houston Astros and probably other clubs. I mean, it's funny. They've got about eight free agents on the Astros this year, and they're all going to blow the whistle on them like Mike Fiers did. And good for Mike. Uh, that's the problem of free agency. You uh, uh, get rid of guys, and they take the dirty laundry, and they just blab because uh, they want to beat whatever team gave them up. So that's the the stealing sign controversy. The Major Lakes. You know they're getting ready to negotiate a new deal with the National Association, which is a fancy word for the. Uh, actually, it's two words for the minor league baseball, and uh, they want to get rid of 40% of the minor league teams for whatever reason, because they think they can make more money with the others. That's it. It's not about skill. It's about money, money, money. Where can we get more money? They get it everywhere. MLB Network, Game Boy, uh, NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox, Turner, you name it. These guys are flowing in the money. Why else would a guy pay a billion dollars for the Royals, really? Can't move them downtown for 10 years. So he's stuck at Kauffman Stadium, uh, the same crummy food. And um, why would he do that? Because he makes money. And why do the other owners like him? As long as he's not Al Capone? Because that sets a new low. If the Royals are worth a billion dollars, then... You name it, the Reds are worth a billion and a half, and the Pirates are worth two billion, and the Yankees are worth six billion, and the White Sox are worth three billion, and on and on and on. They welcome them. They slap them in the back. They think, this is great. billion dollars? Perfect. If this bunch of schmucks in this small market go for a billion, man, what does that make a team in Chicago or Houston or Detroit? Anywhere. So, anyway... Uh like I said I read an article, it's funny, they were talking about the new contract Fox through two thousand twenty eight, which means we gotta listen to Joe Buck. Joe Buck could turn any good inter any any good sportscaster teamed with Joe Buck other than maybe Troy Aikman, because Troy's not the most exciting guy in the world. Um throw it's strike three. McCarver, really good in his own show, really bad with Buck. Smoltsey, really Good when he's just talking baseball on MLB Network. Not so good with Costas or Buck. And on and on and on and on. And speaking of broadcasters, every three years, the Hall of Fame nominates current broadcasters to see who's going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame along with the other players during the summer induction ceremony. And this year, there were a bunch of good, great, not good, In fact, in a couple of early podcasts, I listed my favorite broadcasters. And Pat Hughes with the Cubs was one of them. And then two guys that Dave Nelson worked with. That would be the Cleveland Indians voice on radio, Tom Hamilton. And when Dave was with the Cubs broadcasting in 1988 and 1989, his broadcast partner for most of the game was Dwayne Statz, who was nominated for the Hall of Fame. And there were some other guys, but Pat Hughes, Tom Hamilton, and Dwayne Statz are three of the best in the game. But the Harold Baines syndrome was alive and well in the Cooperstown voting. Well, again, now I love Harold, good player, not a Hall of Famer. I don't like the person who is being inducted and the, I don't mean I don't like him personally. I don't like him as a broadcaster. Ken Harrelson, give me a break. But again, the Hawk has a pretty good ally in uh, Mr. Reinstorf And uh, so, Hawk's going into Hall of Fame. You can put that on the board, you know, all his duck snort. He never changed. He, yeah, this, he came up with the same shtick. His first game as his last game. And uh, the only time I liked him was when he got into it with the Umpires and he actually uh, was fined, I think, by Major League Baseball. But, you know, he's a colorful guy. He's a colorful player. He's a good player. He's a good golfer. He's a horrible general manager. Mr. Reinstorf hired him to be general manager the same year that I represented Bobby Thigpen. And uh, so I dealt with Ken Harrelson. Not that he'd remember me, but I did deal with him. And uh, anyway, uh, Jerry's a very loyal guy, and he's going to get in who he wants to get in. And last year it was Harold Baines, and this year it is Ken Harrelson. It is. Very loyal guy. In fact, at lunch, he mentioned that Abreu was not going to be with any other team, and that's before the season ended. The White Sox made... Abreu a qualifying offer, he took it which was one of only eight guys turned around three days later they gave him a three or four year contract that is the beauty of Jerry Reinsdorf very loyal and gets what he wants and uh, at this stage of his career he can do that so I I commend him, I commend Abreu for doing that I think the uh, mentality of some of these free agents is ridiculous but That's just me. Uh, Anyway, all these teams are guaranteed a ton of money through 2028 because Fox uh, and Turner are offering the moon with even more kickers than in the original deal. And uh, as an article I read today, the guy pointed out that the more money Fox pays, the slower and more boring the game gets. Go figure. Um, You know... In uh, the time when I was growing up, you drew a million people. That was a big deal. Now, three million, and you're struggling to get by. A, Milwaukee, they are releasing guys left and right. They did just sign Avasel Garcia today to a two-year, $10 million-a-year contract. I commend them for that. So that brings us to the end of segment number one here on the lighter side of baseball. Segment two will be coming along shortly after we rest catch our breath, get ready for the Kansas City Chiefs to come to Soldier Field and take on the Chicago Bears, who were eliminated by the combination of the Green Bay Packers beating the Bears in one of the worst football games in the history of a Chicago sports team, and the Minnesota Vikings beating the Chargers before the fans rebelled. You know, the fans hate the Chargers. (laughs) That's kind of funny. Um... Anyway, baseball is alive and well. The owners are trying to eliminate the minor league teams. We'll cover that in segment two. Uh, We've got some good guys like Jerry Reinsdorf that are owners and do a good job. And then we got the deep, dark three-month offseason before spring training starts. So we've already made it through November. We're halfway through December. We got January, and then baseball starts in February. Again, where the podcast will take on a little more meaning. But right now, it's mostly me talking about whatever I feel like talking about. Probably if you listen to the other 42 podcasts, it's me talking about whatever I want to talk about. Sometimes it's methodical, sometimes it's not. Most times it's not methodical. Most times it's just me talking about the game and where it is. And where it is is there, you know, it's in orbit. So we are back and out of orbit. We're back on Earth, as is uh, the podcast. I don't know. Like I said, it's the off-season. There are no scores to report. There's no drama going on. You had the uh, uh, spy gate, the cheat gate, the whatever gate. You got the uh, Astros trying to uh, impersonate the New England Patriots and uh doing things to stretch the limits. Everybody's always tried to steal signs, but now with technology, I really like my idea that I raised in the first segment where a guy sits up in the press box and calls the pitches, and it's broadcast to the whole team. Uh, that would eliminate guys having to cover their mouths when they go out to the mound. It's a joke. I always thought that was funny when they go out. Now I know why they did it. I mean, there's a friggin' high-powered uh, uh, TV camera Pointed at the pitcher and the catcher and uh, some guy in the dugout banging on a garbage can or whistling or who knows what uh, to steal signs and relay that stuff to the batter. So, you know, come on, it's ridiculous. And if the Astros higher ups knew about it, they had to get kicked out of baseball. They won't. I think Joe Jackson ought to be in the Hall of Fame. He won't. I think that uh, Dwayne Stat should have won the award at the uh, Hall of Fame for the announcers, but he didn't. I think in second place would have been Hamilton. He didn't get it. Pat Hughes in third. If Pat Hughes just broadcasts by himself like Euchre does, then he'd be in the Hall of Fame. But he has to prop up the guys that are in the booth with him. And, uh, you know, that's fun in a lot of ways. It's not so much fun in other ways. So you hear all these Cubs rumored to be going. Now it's Schwarber going to the Yankees. That's the rumor. You heard about uh, uh, Chris Bryant being rumored to go to San Diego. We'll just have to wait and see. I mean, uh, that's just the way it is right now. But on the lighter side of baseball, the uh, owner's pocketbooks are certainly getting lighter and lighter as they dole out the money. Now, we said we'd cover a little bit about this uh, uh, minor league, major league uh, battle going on. It's... uh, Something that isn't new, they always take on some battle. You know, it it used to be the uh, stadium conditions, the major leagues didn't like some of the lower minor leagues because the lighting was poor, the field surface was dangerous, so most teams have improved. Now, here's some quick history. When our family got involved with the Omaha Royals, uh, the trend had become Major League Baseball, deciding that minor league baseball was unprofitable, and they were in the process of getting rid of all their minor league teams to people like my uncle, who were willing to pay pretty good money to buy a team. And it was a decent investment, and uh, as it turned out, it was a great investment. Now, but uh, what's happened now is that the major leagues figured out, oh wait a minute. These guys in the minor leagues that took our franchises, where we provide the players, we provide a lot of the uh, transportation costs, et cetera, et cetera. Hey, these guys are making money. We don't like that. We're the guys making should be making money, not the minor league guys. Uh, they they wake up one day and a double A team is selling for five to ten million dollars, and a triple A team is selling for twenty to thirty million dollars, and all of a sudden, Major League Baseball goes. Well, wait a minute. Why did we let that stuff go? Let's, let's get the, let's get the uh, power back on our side. And so they started buying back minor league teams. And I know for a fact the Brewers uh, are buying back teams. I think they're all buying back teams. And so they want to get rid of all the teams that are owned by other people. And uh, that's the battle. It's not about anything but how do we get more money. How do we get a bigger TV contract? How do we get more money out of the minor leagues? How do we get more money out of the video games, the all-star game? Uh, Da-da-da-da-da. That's all it's about. Is that good or bad? Well, you know, it's not so good for the minor league system. It's not so good for towns where they're threatening to eliminate... The minor leagues, But if you'll recall, there were probably 3,000 minor league teams back in the 30s and 40s, and now there's probably four or 500. And again, I'm just guessing. But you used to have D, C, B, the 3I league, the AA, AAA. And at one point, they decided, let's just have A, AA, AAA. And uh, that's where it's at now. But now, now that they're all making money, now that they can sell their... Likenesses on their uh, shirts like the major league teams do. The major league teams go, hey, wait a minute. Those are our guys. We want those good, lucrative uh, minor leagues back, and we want to throw away the guys that aren't so lucrative. You know, I predict that they'll just rework the deal so that the major leagues get a little bit of the cut and uh, they don't get rid of... Uh, any or very many teams. So it's just money like everything else is, and it's getting to be a lot more money. Uh, and anytime the Royals go for a billion dollars, you know there's a ton of money out there. Just is. Why? I don't know. And earlier in a broadcast, I think the one that I did last time, number 41, with my son Andrew, uh, Andrew, who's a smart kid, uh, was apparently confused by my. Uh, Analogy to the game of musical chairs, and basically, as I said, musical chairs: a song plays, and uh, if there are eight people playing, there's seven chairs. You all sit down. One person gets uh, uh, the unfortunate situation that he doesn't have a chair. He's gone. Then you turn the music on again, and you get rid of one chair, and then six sit down, and then that other guy's gone, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And what I meant by that example, because if I confused Andrew, I probably, like many other times, confused everybody else if anybody really cared. It is you don't want to be the last guy to buy a baseball team and be stuck with it. It's like you're stuck without a chair. You're stuck with a baseball team. You pay a billion dollars. I say they're in another sucker on the planet that's going to pay a billion dollars for the Kansas City Royals unless and until they do two things. One, move the stadium, and two, develop a system where they are periodically winning their division and every year in the race. This team was one of the best franchises in baseball in 2014 and 15. Then they go, well... You know, we did what we did, and that was great, but we can't continue to sustain that because we're a small market team. They gutted the team, and here we go again, waiting for another class like Musakis, Hosmer, a few trades here and there, and then, by and large, cycle number two comes along. That's not the way to do it. The way to do it is the way the Astros are doing it. And, um, you know... It's working for those guys. They don't gut their team after they win the World Series. Like the Dodgers, they go out and try to improve their good team. They all should try to improve it, and you'd have a better product. Now, one problem is there isn't enough pitching to go around, and the second problem is teams like Oakland, Tampa, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, these, quote, small market teams, are still Sticking their head in the f- ground, thinking that we can't compete with these other big-time teams. Well, the the halves are going to get bigger and the have-nots are going to get further away. And all you have to do is look at the Yankees. If they get Kyle Schwarber and give up a couple of crappy prospects, that's baloney. If the Padres get Chris Bryant and they give up a couple of pros, get a couple of pros. That's baloney. The reason the Cubs are gutting their team is. These guys, Baez and Schwarber and Almora and Bryant and Rizzo and Contreras are all going to be either free agents or um, nailing them in arbitration. And the thing that needs to change is the luxury tax limit needs to go up to 250 to $300 million and then get the, every team to put in a payroll that's at least 150 million dollars, and then then everything's fine. But as long as you got Oakland and Tampa and Baltimore and these teams that are, you know, getting their payrolls, the Royals, and then baseball's got a problem. And uh, maybe nobody cares anymore. Now they may realign. They they're gonna, you know, and I'm I'm telling you right now, they're going to add two teams in the next three to five years, I guarantee there will be thirty-two teams in Major League Baseball. And so they'll have sixteen in the National League and sixteen in the American League, whatever that's that that the names of American League and National League is merely historical. They don't have separate existences, separate offices, separate anything. Well which is fine, I guess. They're gonna be eight team divisions, I predict, in each league, and so you'll have four eight team divisions. And the realignment is going to be sort of geographical, but why? You really don't need that. But they're going to put the Cubs and the Sox and the Tigers and the Royals and the Cardinals uh, in the same division, and that's fine. Uh, You know, Baseball is entertainment. If it, you know, we all get caught up in the analytics, the sabermetrics, and it's fun. And I, you know, now this is my first podcast in the depths of the off season, and I have to give give credit and tip my hat to the MLB Network guys. So, you know, they they do their homework and they're fired up talking about the same old stuff over and over and over again. Uh, Smoltz. Pretty good. Um, They've got, you know, they've got some good guys and some bad guys, but um, they're all enthusiastic, and I give them credit because it's, it's tough. I'm looking forward to spring training when we can get going and start making some predictions, checking out what's going on, and whether or not the game speeds up. So that really is about it. I mean, the uh, interest in Chicago, I guess, if there's any interest, is. How many Kansas City fans will turn out at the uh, game on Sunday night? Uh, we've got a big crew going to the game, and that's gonna that's gonna be a lot of fun, and that's a good way to get through the middle of the baseball off season by the Chiefs coming to Arrowhead, and that's fun. And then looking ahead, we're gonna talk a little bit about the schedules next uh, next podcast and uh, how the holiday season's going. And uh, who's coming to Wrigley Field, who's coming to whatever the White Sox call their ballpark. And I'm excited about that. So I'm going to spend a lot of time at the ballpark. So I want to go to uh, some minor league games, take some trips, talk about the food, get a sponsor, make some, some exciting predictions for the upcoming season, and that's it. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to go on any further. I think uh, we've talked enough about this uh, off season stuff. We've got episode forty-four will be our last one. We'll do that about a week. It's gonna feature a little bit about Henry Aaron. We're gonna talk a little bit about Dave Nelson and we're gonna talk about my upcoming trip to Coomga, South Africa, where a number of people, including Rick Waits, former Major League player, Uh, With the Texas Rangers and other teams It's going to accompany our group Got some fun people going down to Kumga, South Africa To open arms for children Where they are dedicating a building uh, For David Earl Nelson Old Nelly is going to have Man, I mean by the time this ends He's going to have this building The laundry is named after him There's a prayer bench named after Nelly I mean, they might as well change the name to Nelly's Open Arms for Children because uh, this guy has taken over and well-deserved. This was such a big part of his life, and uh, he made a request to me that we do a little ceremony down there, and he has requested that uh, in addition to the ceremony that uh, his last resting place uh, will be in Coombe along with his mother, Adamay Williams, mother dear, it's going to be cool. Uh, it should be a lot of a lot of fun in Kumba, South Africa, in the middle of January. We'll do a podcast. Hopefully, Rick Waits and Bob Solis can join me. That would be a lot of fun. And uh, then next year, I think we'll step it up and try and do some things that we didn't do this year, and uh, and have some fun. So. For On the lighter side of baseball, which can be heard on Spotify, on SoundCloud, and on Apple Podcasts, this is Jamie Reske saying have a great middle of the offseason, and uh, we're looking forward to our final episode, number 44 of the year, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Nelly, we're going to talk about Africa, we're going to talk about Henry Aaron. We're going to talk about some other players that grew up in Mobile, Alabama. We're going to talk a little Negro League baseball and uh, maybe even get into a little bit of the uh, memorabilia world and what's going on there um, because there's a little counterfeiting and a little doctoring going on. The card doctors are shaving the edges to make these cards look like they're uh, primo. And uh, there's some shenanigans going on that the FBI apparently is uh, taking a look at. So, that's it from Chicago, from a cold Chicago, <laughs> below 10 degrees, not a good day for anything, except sitting here and doing a podcast, and I've enjoyed it. And uh, we'll look forward to uh, next week doing 44. So until then, Jamie Rensky signing off on the lighter side of baseball. Have a great week, great uh, uh, end of the year, happy holidays, and uh, let's see those Chiefs whip up on the Bears and get deep into the playoffs. That's it. Have a great day.